Well, as portal season continues and Oregon hosts visitors, Oregon fans should be expecting success in the portal. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. If you have not already, like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started where you as a new customer can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins just go to fanduelcom slash locked on to get started so transfer portal ty thompson the running back room and much more coming up on today's show for all you oregon basketball fans out there the ducks are seven and two in a solid position right now would like them to get healthy jackson shellstad's amazing might talk about that later in the show. But the transfer portal is at the top of everybody's mind right now because that is where Oregon primarily is looking to bolster their roster and you know kind of reload their roster for 2024. You have Jackson Powers Johnson off to the NFL. You have a number of safeties out of eligibility or transferring. Brian Addison's going to UCLA, Damon David's in the portal, Bennett Williams, not Bennett, and Evan Williams and Steve Stevens, the fourth, they're out of eligibility. So Oregon is naturally looking at a couple of players. There's a Kansas State safety they're getting on campus. Andrew Makuba, the Clemson transfer, uh, has not transferred to Oregon yet, but the Ducks are reportedly in a pretty good position there. I think they've got a crystal ball in. But I think that big picture for the Ducks, Oregon fans should expect to have success in the portal. And I think that should be an annual expectation. When you look at the caliber of the program and, you know, the pedigree that Dan Lanning brings on the recruiting trail. And, you know, right now, I think it's even more so because there are these past ties to players that Dan Lanning recruited at Georgia. But that's always going to exist. You know, I don't think that's something that's going to fade. It's going to shift, of course, because you're not going to have players that Oregon will be interested in, you know, one, two, three, four, five years from now that Dan Lanning recruited while he was at Georgia, though certainly that worked out with Jordan Birch last year. But I think you're going to have players that Dan Lanning goes after, whether in the portal or from the high school ranks, who then go into the portal later. Because he recruited him to Oregon, they chose to go somewhere else, and then he decides, hey, yeah, that guy I think is, uh, is still a fit. So when you look at the caliber of players that Oregon's going after here, there are some fairly big time names. Walter Nolan is the biggest one. Uh, of course, the former number one defensive line recruit from Texas A&M. That's a guy who, you know, definitely gives off Jordan Birch vibes. At least that's, you know, kind of the sense that you get a really highly rated recruit, goes to a middling SEC program and is looking for a new home. Didn't feel like he maximized his potential over there. Could come to Oregon and really succeed. And the Ducks, of course, have a need for experienced defensive linemen. A lot of young, talented players there, but a veteran like that I, I think could do uh, a lot of good. And of course, there are true freshmen coming in like Aiden Breland and Elijah Rushing, uh, a couple of five stars that that may contribute as well. But I, I think that for the Ducks, th- this should be an annual expectation that Oregon's able to pull in you know, a top 10, top 20 portal class in addition to a top 10 recruiting class. I think that's the standard that Lanning has set And I don't feel like that was ever a one-off. And I don't think anybody else really does either. And I think the standards should be very, very high. I I think that recruiting-wise, when you see what 
you know, this staff has shown is possible, what they can do. And I think as they, you know, continue at better and better seasons, the recruiting can only get better. But I think in the transfer portal, when you look at the success they've had in, uh, you know, the first couple of cycles and the success they can have in this one, I, I think Duck fans should expect to see names come in and then make an impact the following season. And that's been the case. I mean, you go back to Bo Nix and Christian Gonzalez and, uh, you know, Jordan Riley and Casey Rogers were transfers. Sam Taimani was a transfer. Tess Johnson was a transfer brought in by the staff. Evan Williams was a transfer brought in by the staff. It, like Kyrie Jackson, just keep going down the list. And as you have roster turnover, yep, sometimes the young guy can step in and, you know, fill that position. But when transfers are available, Oregon fans are going to, you know, expect to go after some big time names and land them. And they should. They should because we've seen that that is a very realistic possibility. And that's something that, you know, if everything's going the way that we want it to as fans of the program, then that's something that I I think should be happening. So that's kind of the first point I wanted to make. Now, parlay that into a mailbag question, which is chock full. And gosh, I didn't miss the offseason. We're not entirely there yet. There is still a game in which Bonex will play on New Year's Day in the Fiesta Bowl. I will be watching. I will not be attending because there's a work thing that I, that's easier to explain. I'll talk about that later in the show, but um, I I, I thought about it, but I I will not be attending that game. I'd encourage you to go though, because Scottsdale Phoenix is a great area to be in January. Let me tell you, I'm actually going to be there with a friend uh, in uh, the kind of middle, the end of January. Why? Because, well, it's a good place to be in January and there's a lot of golf and fun stuff to do down there. So, uh, that leads me to this question, though. Mailbag, always open. YouTube comments, Twitter, and it gets chock full during the season. It feels like it gets even more full during the off season, and I'm here for it. We got nine months of shows before Oregon takes field as a Big Ten team in 2024. Ask all the questions you want. If you want priority access, go check out subtext at joinsubtext.com slash locked on ducks. Free 14-day trial. Then it is just five dollars a month that's it really easy but certainly not a requirement you get priority mailbag access talk with me one-on-one stay up to date with all the breaking news and everything i'm hearing over there so if you want to become a locked on ducks insider you can but if you just consume the show on youtube or wherever you get your podcast i appreciate you as well this question from nick just lost wide receiver commitment quarterback commitment and another wide receiver hit the portal number one offensive line prospect chooses another school. Gresham is looking around. What are we to make of this? Not much. Not much, really. I mean, Jordan Anderson, the wide receiver commit uh, or decommitment, I guess. Michael Van Buren, the the quarterback you're referring to. Another wide receiver hit the porter. I think I think that was Josh Delgado that you're referring to, who is not you know a major player for the Ducks the last few seasons. Um, I, I I would assume that's who you're referring to given the timeline of this question coming in. Uh, Jordan Seaton was, you know, a top offensive tackle target. He chose Colorado over Oregon. Ducks are still expected, I think, to get a visit out of him. We'll see if that changes anything. Right now, no, I'm not concerned with any of this. And when you look at what Oregon is doing in the transfer portal, they're also looking at a couple of wide receivers. And this is why I started the show talking about the portal and our expectations there. Because, yes, high school recruiting does still matter. You cannot build an entire team in the transfer portal. Just ask Colorado. You can't do it. 
you have to have recruiting classes stacked on top of each other and you can bring in more in the portal than you used to be able to. You cannot build an entire team there. So yes, high school recruiting still matters. However, in decommitment or flip season, as it is often known, when you're a program like Oregon, you can still be just fine because the portal has got a lot of good players in it. They're looking at a receiver from South Alabama. They're looking at another receiver from Louisiana Tech. And I think they're keeping in mind, yeah, Jordan Anderson decided to decommit. Dylan Gresham says he's still committed to the Ducks. He's a four-star wideout. But if he ends up flipping somewhere else, I think Oregon's receiver depth is actually quite good. Troy Franklin will go to the NFL. Let's say Tez Johnson were to leave. Okay, you'd probably want to bring in a portal guy for experience, but there are still a lot of names in that room, and there's still a lot of talent in that room for Dylan Gabriel to build some chemistry with this offseason, which, as we heard from John Williams yesterday, is something that he does really, really well, and I'd expect him to again with Oregon. So I'm not making that much of it. The recruiting rankings have, you know, they haven't fallen off in some uh, big dramatic way. In fact, on 24-7, it is the number nine overall class. And that's factoring in the transfer portal. The high school class is still sitting at number seven. And Oregon's currently got a top 25 uh, at transfer portal class. That's you know just because Dylan Gabriel is in there and he's the only name in there. But I expect that to go up. And I expect both to continue to be the high school and portal class in the top 10 as they have been the last uh, in the last full cycle for Dan Lanning and the staff. So no, I'm not worried about it. And you know we'll see what happens around National Signing Day and whatnot. But I, I do not think that this is a sign of oh my gosh the sky is falling. I'm just I'm not uh, in that particular camp. Ty Thompson's not going to be a duck. Many many thoughts on Ty Thompson. Most of them positive, but there's some questions to answer for the still highest rated quarterback recruit in Oregon history. I have a question for all of you. Have you checked out FanDuel yet? Because if you haven't, you definitely should. Because as the weather gets colder, which it definitely is, that's why I drive south or you know go to Arizona in January. It's a little bit warmer over there. But the NFL offers stay warm. In fact, they stay hot over on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So go visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. If you want to make college football bowl season more exciting, I don't know that there's a better way to do it than FanDuel. So go visit FanDuel.com slash locked on, kick off the NFL season, get your college football gambling fix as well. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, second segment sip in the books, which means we're on to the second segment of the show. That'd be Ty Thompson. So Ty Thompson, who, by the way, you can choose to read into this or not, apparently started following Damian Martinez and I think Silas Bolden of Oregon State. I think that'd be a great fit. Ty Thompson playing against Oregon in the Civil War in 2024 in Corvallis. (laughs) I got to tell you, that's a heck of a spectacle to think about. These questions came in from Salty Duck. Hopefully it's an appropriate amount of saltiness because duck as a meat, as the foodie that I am, is delicious. 
when duck is prepared, one of my favorite dishes in the world is duck cow soy from the Lotus of Siam in Las Vegas. It is thoroughly good. Anyway, this from Salty Duck. Since Ty is in the portal, can you explain? Then he puts three dots, dot, dot, dot. Do they finish the term, then leave school? What happens if they don't get picked up? Can they opt out? I assume he's talking about everybody since, uh, anyway, but, um, you know, all the players that are in the portal. Can they opt out of the portal and stay? Do they get help finding a new program? So let's go one by one. Do players finish the term, then leave school? That one I don't actually have a specific answer to. I believe the answer is yes. I believe the answer is yes, and credits can be you know transferred from one school to the other. But part of the reason the college football schedule is so broken is because it has to align with the academic calendar. And so players have to be able to enroll in a new school by the time the new term starts or when the new term starts. I think it'd be pretty easy to overcome that. As Thanos said, if you have the will to act on it, I'm just saying that shouldn't be that hard. But yeah, these these, these kids are still college students. Uh, you know, they're more like athlete students than student athletes. I, I think we can all agree, but they are still students and they have to go to class and they have to, you know, graduate and everything like that. So uh, yeah, he, he finishes the term, I think. Um, but like he, he may be finishing his classes. I don't know if he's, you know, staying there, but he doesn't have a destination yet, which brings us to the other questions. What happens if they don't get picked up? This happens, by the way, this, this a hundred percent happens. And, and some kids take a gap year are sitting out there waiting for the next transfer portal window. They go try to find, you know, a tiny college perhaps to play at, like smaller than an FCS, you know, an NAIA or a Division II or Division Three school or anywhere. But there are kids that, that don't get picked up, and those are kind of their options because they can come out of the portal, right? Your next question, can they opt out of the portal and stay? Yeah, we saw Seven McGee do that once upon a time. It was one of the earliest, you know, recruiting victories, so to speak, for Dan Lanning was Seven McGee and Sean Dollars had gone into the portal and he convinced them to stay and to not transfer out. And if a coaching staff wants to have you, when you put your name into the portal, the staff is under no obligation to honor your scholarship at that point. But if you decide you want to come back and the staff decides we'd like to have you, then yes, they can reapply the scholarship to that particular player. That is my understanding of uh, of how that particular rule works. But, you know, mo most kids get picked up, not all of them, though. And some kids might take a year off. Some kids might decide, I don't want to, you know, play football anymore because I couldn't find a spot to go. And they just go enroll in a school and, you know, maybe just uh, just go to class. But those are kind of their options. Take a gap year, go to a significantly smaller school or just, you know, decide to stop playing. Um, that's really all that they can do in that spot. Maybe they, you know, find a job for a year and then go back to school the next year. I don't know. But there are kids who that happens to. Uh, I think most of the kids that transfer away from Oregon, though, end up finding homes for, for football. Uh, do they get help finding a new program? Yes, they, they get help in the sense that when you're someone like Ty Thompson, who's going to have some, you know, interested parties that would like to have his services at their particular school, like Oregon State might, for instance, then you are going to get assistance in the sense that, number one, there are 
um, HR, but re really compliance folks within an athletic department who not only help you, you know, formalize your entry into the portal, but also help you come out of it and enroll in your new school. That, and they, the compliance people are very busy this time of year. Very, very, very busy because they are getting a lot of requests because they don't just manage football. Remember, there's basketball, there's volleyball, there, there's all sorts of stuff, right? Bunch of sports where kids can enter the portal, and that's where compliance people come into play. But the help they usually get is they're contacted by recruiters or coaches or players at another school and say, hey, there could be a spot for you here. You should give this place a look. And then when the portal opens and coaches can contact players and there are rules and regulations about that sort of stuff, then coaches, you know, obtaining a kid's phone number or contact information, it's a very connected world of college sports. Like it is a very, very connected world. And it is not hard to contact a kid. I mean, heck, you can go into their social media. And, you know, most kids, I think, have open direct messages if you wanted to find, uh, you know, find out how to get in touch with a kid that way. So that's the only sense that they have help. You know, they're making the decision. It's like being a high school kid, right? If you're a high school recruit, do you have help making your decision? Well, in the sense that you understand where your offers and options are because you've had contact with coaches and maybe players or alumni or who else might be involved, boosters, I don't know. There's all sorts of stuff now with NIL too. Like they have contact with those people and they know, okay, this is where, you know, uh, I can go to get this sort of offer. This is where this is being offered and all that sort of stuff. So um, that's that's all the help they, they get. But there's no like official help from the NCAA, if that's what you're asking. But interesting lineup of questions there, Salty Duck. This question from Chris. With Dylan now being the guy in tie out, where do you think Ty ends up and who do you like to back up Dylan? Gabriel's, of course, who he's talking about here. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear Austin Novosad will be the backup unless Dante Moore comes in. And and by the way, if Dante Moore is serious about I want to sit out for a year, redshirt and develop and play no more than four games, I'm 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 down. I'm completely down. I tweeted out when Moore went into the portal. Yeah, if you're gonna bring in Dante Moore, then I'd rather just go with Ty. That's under the presumption that you're bringing him in to start. But if you're bringing him in to sit behind a soon-to-be sixth-year quarterback, redshirt him to keep eligibility, and, I mean, maybe you'd do that, maybe you wouldn't, yeah, I'd be on board with that. Because I think that Dante Moore's got a higher ceiling than Austin Novosad. That said, if Dante Moore does what I think he's going to ultimately do and transfer to Michigan or Miami, but probably Michigan would be my guess, given that that's where he's from, I think that there is a lot of sense in it to being Austin Novosad because I like Novosad, by the way. I'm, I'm not some anti-Novosad or writing him off or anything like that. Like, we've barely seen him, but from what I've seen, you know, he was a skinny true freshman, and I think he might be a little banged up going into the bowl game. I saw something about that. I, I didn't follow up before the show, though, so don't quote me on it. I, I think that Novosad is capable of being a starter. I mean, he's got to earn the job. He's got to learn, but – He's so far, he's learned from Bo Nix, and now he learned from Dylan Gabriel. Pretty good guys to learn from as you try to become a quarterback in college football. So, yeah, I think that I think that Novosad is the uh, pretty logical choice to be the backup. And if Dante Moore doesn't come in, I feel fine with that. Is Dante Moore a higher quality backup in the event that you know Gabriel has to go out for a series or miss a game or something like that? Yeah, of course, he's more experienced, but. 
Novosad was not rated as he was coming out of high school as a quarterback recruit by accident. He's got some talent, and I assume he's been in the weight room, and we'll see what he looks like in the spring game. You know, if Dante Moore doesn't come to Oregon, then we'll get a good look at Austin Novosad in the spring game, and I, I'll, I'll be uh, really, really interested to see what he's got there. As for where Ty Thompson could end up, lots of options there. Kind of like how many options you get over at LinkedIn. Because when you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board, folks. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. That's why you got to go over there if you're looking to hire. You can post your job for free, which I think is a pretty good price, over at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So as for where Ty Thompson could end up, I think Oregon State would be a really good fit. I do. They have a first-time offensive coordinator over there, but I know that with Trent Bray as their head coach, they're not going to run a system that is all that different. In fact, it's probably going to be very similar to what they were running for the last couple of years. I think Ty could succeed. I think Ty, frankly, as a college quarterback, can become DJ Uyunglele, but a slightly better version. A highly rated recruit because he's got big-time physical traits, probably can't reach that full five-star potential, but can make some special throws, has got solid mobility, really big size, really big arm, maybe doesn't process everything as great as you'd like. I thought Ty was much better at that this season in the limited action that he saw, completed you know 77% of his passes for things like almost 300 yards, four touchdowns, and one pick. I think that for Ty Thompson, going to a place like that could absolutely work. Washington State should be interested in him. I don't know that that's as great of a fit because when you're running an air raid offense, which Washington State is, I think you want a guy, if you're going to bring in a transfer, who's thrown more than 31 passes the prior season. You know, Ty Thompson has not even thrown 100 passes in his career, I don't think. He could hit that total in two games <laughs> at Washington State. They haven't been able to run the ball consistently and they throw the ball a lot and that's you know what they do. With Ben Arbuckle, their offensive coordinator, but I, I don't, I don't think that's a great fit. I think other options could be, you know, going to the Mountain West or the American Conference and trying to find an option there. You know, he, he's he's from the state of Arizona. I don't think Arizona State is a bad option either. I think that AAC, I, I think Dillingham's going to do a good job down there. It's not going to be easy because Herm Edwards left that place in utter chaos, but I think that. And it's funny I'm talking about him because I have a maroon shirt on today, randomly. But I I think that Arizona State eventually is going to be good. He could be close to home, play for a guy who he's got experience with in Dillingham. They've got some roster building to do, but Dillingham also knows how to recruit. And I think that that could be an option. Um, anybody in the Mountain West, I would look at maybe Boise State or Fresno State. I wouldn't sleep on another Mountain West team like, gosh, what would be a good job? Obviously not Air Force. That would not that would not work. I don't think he would go to Hawaii. They throw the football a lot. Colorado State maybe? 
it's like that's not a a big time program in in the Mountain West, but I think any team there, if he wanted to stay in this geographical footprint, could certainly you know use his services and, and be effective uh, with him at quarterback there. So I, I think all of those uh, are potential options. I don't think he will garner that many Power Five offers um, or or interest just because of the lack of experience. You know, compared to somebody like Dante Moore who has actually made starts and yeah. It's the old Loki line from Avengers Infinity War. Well, if you consider failure experience, I consider experience experience. It's a great line from a fantastic movie. That's kind of what Dante Moore is. It's like, well, I started games. Well, you got benched, but I started games. Well, he threw pick sixes, but I've learned from my mistakes. Ty Thompson hasn't, the, hasn't had the opportunity to do that yet. That makes him at some level an unknown commodity and a difficult one to you know go after if you're a team that wants to contend next year. And if you don't have any better options, then yeah, Ty Thompson can be, you know, one of your top targets. I think Oregon State would be a fun fit. I really do. Um, I, I'd like to see him go there or to one of the best uh, Mountain West schools uh, that, that are out there. So those would be where I think, you know, like UNLV, that could be kind of fun. They have a good offensive staff down there. This question from Will and a good one. Could we get an update on Noah Whittington? I know he was a big role in the start of the season before he went out. Will we see him in the 2024 season? Right now, the consensus is yes. That is not a guarantee. However, based on what I have read and talked to people about with regards to Whittington, the indications are that he'll be back for 2024. And the running back room with Noah Whittington at the helm looks awesome. I loved Bucky Irving. He did not end on a high note. In the last game of his career, it was probably the worst game he ever played as a duck or certainly one of them, which sucks. But don't let that tarnish the memory of how good that guy was. There was a point in time this season where it felt like Bucky was the most offensive, most important offensive player, more so than Bo Nix. I mean, against Washington State was carrying the day, made Bo look really, really good with that long catch and run for a touchdown. But you know, of course, Bo read the defense correctly and uh, threw it to the right guy who was open. But I think that Bucky was fantastic. I loved watching him. I don't know that his NFL prospects are that great. If you want me to explore that on a show, I, I can explain, but that's a longer explanation. But when I look at Oregon's running back room for next year, Jordan James is a true sophomore right now, so he's going to be back. Jaden Lamar, who we should see in the bowl game since Bucky is you know, going to the NFL draft, and I presume that means he's opting out of the Fiesta Bowl against Liberty. We should, we should see Jordan James, but you can't play just one running back in a game. Might see a good amount of Jaden Lamar and Dante Dowdell. Sign me up for that. But if your running back room next year is a 1A, 1B of Noah Whittington and Jordan James, and then Jaden Lamar is in there and Dante Dowdell's in the mix, I feel great once again about Oregon's running back room. I don't think they need to add a transfer. I really don't. I if, if Whittington comes back. Now, if Whittington doesn't come back, then you go explore a transfer. But this is a staff that I heard stopped recruiting Jason Brown a little bit as hard as they had been previously. And I think that that's indicative of you know what I'm talking about with regards to Whittington coming back. And if he comes back, he can up his NFL draft stock. And I think he's got more NFL upside, actually, than than Bucky Irving does. But I think that he and James would be a fantastic one-two punch. And if your third guy 
is probably Jaden Lamar. Maybe you mix Dowdell in there and they, you know, shift up the depth chart. If God forbid one of those guys gets hurt, which as we saw this year happens with running backs sometimes. I feel great about that room. I, and they've got uh, Dijon Riggs, I think is uh, the guy's name in the 2024 class. Uh, let me scroll down the list just a little ways. Um, yeah, Dijon Riggs, I believe is how you pronounce it. The running back from Washington, D.C. Guy who Brian Smith really liked when we talked about him here on the show. So that's five running backs. That's plenty. They're good at that position. Don't need to add a high school recruit. Don't need to add a transfer. I think the Ducks are in really good position there, and I expect Whittington to come back. If he does, love where we're at. Some fun mailbag questions to end today's show. We'll go kind of rapid fire here. Hey, Spencer, tell us about the Red Rocket. That's my car. It's a 2000 Lexus ES300. It has almost 250,000 miles on it, and I'm going to drive that thing until it is unsafe to drive because I love it so much. So I got that car from my grandparents. Uh, they were selling it. And my parents said, Hey, if you're selling it, you know, we could use an extra car. Cause my brother was still coming home from college. So then we'd have four people and three cars. And my parents said, Hey, this seems like a good deal. And they're great cars. Lexus cars are fantastic. I love that car so much. I've put so much time and effort and money into keeping that car going. And I never want to get rid of it. One day, I might have to. I was actually having this conversation with my dad the other day, and we were kind of, you know, plotting a chart essentially of like, how much longer can I actually drive this car? I want to go even longer than he thinks. I'm driving that thing at least to 300,000 miles, maybe more. Uh, it, it is the only car that's been solely mine in my life. And I've had it for, I think, about nine, I think nine, nine or 10 years now. Um, yeah, the car's been with me everywhere. College, Oklahoma, now to Utah. I love it so much. Uh, this question from Mike. Hey, Spencer. Mike again. My question today is, do you have a favorite advertisement you like plugging? You're the best person on YouTube that I've watched with your plugs. Appreciate it. Always very creative. I find myself trying to guess when and what the next plug will be. Great work. I've never received this question before, but I absolutely love it. I'm glad you enjoy them. I try to make uh, the ad reads because we love our sponsors here at the network so much and appreciate them very much. I try to make them as fun as possible. Everybody understands as a part of podcasting. Why not make it exciting? I'm glad you think that. Do I have one that I like the most? Gosh, I, I, I have had some pretty nifty transitions on on many of them. I think FanDuel, I think talking about lines in any way, shape, or form, that uh, I, I think that's the most fun to incorporate for me. But all of them, all of them, frankly, are are, are great. LinkedIn, LinkedIn, I've had some good ones as well. But I, I'd, say, I'd say FanDuel for that. This is from rboyce4539. With Brandon Staley probably being fired at the end of the season, he should have been fired so long ago. Do you see Jim Harbaugh taking the job? No. I think Jim Harbaugh is going to – well, I think he's going to stay at Michigan. I, I think he's going to stay at Michigan. I would love for him to get the Chargers job because Staley stinks and he's wasting the career of our of our boy Justin Herbert. Um, but they need to upgrade in their head coach, 100%. Last one real quick. I've gotten a couple questions about Locked On Pac-12 and what's happening with that. Keep up with my Twitter account at Smalls underscore 55 and, and just know that a decision will be made, and I will announce it within the coming weeks. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks.